In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Sometimes children are dismissed from adult conversations because they won't understand. Like Holly and I did with one of our children when we talked about our tax return earlier this month. They just won't understand. Well, Jesus does this with the 12 disciples today when he says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But strangely, he goes on and tells them something that, in fact, seems unbearable. Jesus tells the 12 disciples that they will be mothers. If that's the bearable thing, I wonder what the unbearable thing is. Now, let me explain. In John chapter 16, this conversation takes place in the upper room on Monday, Thursday. So when Jesus talks about seeing them, or they won't see him in a little while, and then we'll see them in a little while, he's actually making reference to the time in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. During Jesus' death, the twelve will cry and they will mourn, but all of that will turn into joy when Jesus sees them again on Easter Sunday. Now, Jesus compares their sorrow to a woman giving birth. When her hour comes, there is sorrow and pain because birthing hurts. Now, what gives any woman strength in suffering and saves her from despair is the certainty that she's carrying inside of her the life of her newborn child. And of course, once that life is brought into the world, the memory of suffering and sorrow in nearness to death is forgotten. Jesus uses this image because in the same way, the disciples, like mothers, will need to endure the pain of Jesus' departure so that their suffering will reveal an emerging joy that's about to come forth when Jesus comes out of the tomb. Now, at first glance, we might think Jesus is using this image because it's a fairly powerful image. But considering at this time, not all men were actually present for the birth of their children, and there's no indication that these specific 12 men actually have children, we must think that Jesus is up to something more than just simply giving a good illustration. What Jesus is doing is recounting what God said to Eve in Genesis chapter 3. There God tells Eve that she'll experience pain in childbirth. And right after this, once God sends Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, Eve gives birth to her son Cain. She immediately experiences the pain of childbirth. But then joyfully says, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, she says, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Her pain of childbirth turns into the joy because she thinks that this man is the Lord's man, the one that will save her from her sin. She thinks she's going to have that joy forever. But of course, the joy is taken from her when Cain murders Abel. 
So when Jesus this morning uses the image of a woman giving birth and the fact that now this joy will not be taken away from the twelve, he's telling them that a new humanity will come into existence through them. They are the mothers of the new creation. So when Jesus compares the old creation in Genesis 3 to the new creation in today's gospel reading, when he does this by telling men that can't actually birth children, he is up to something more. And he's actually broadening the message, not just for those 12, but for all disciples of Jesus, including us. This means this morning, we in fact, each one of us, we are all mothers too. As crazy as it sounds. This means whether you are a woman who's given birth or a woman who hasn't, or you're a man, we are all mothers because we are all part of the Holy Mother Church. We're part of the church that births out Christians. When Jesus returns to the Twelve on Easter Sunday, their joy cannot be taken away anymore because Jesus is the firstborn of the new creation. And Jesus will father a whole new humanity through the church when he breathes his Holy Spirit upon them. This means as the church shares in the glory of the crucified and risen Jesus Christ through the Spirit, he's actually calling us to let the new humanity be birthed through us. The new humanity, which is now destined for eternal life, not death, like in the old creation, and is characterized by joy rather than sorrow. So as the church is the place where the Spirit lives, the church speaks Jesus' word and lives his life for the life of the world. This witness of speaking and living welcomes the world into itself so that the world would be born again through water and the Spirit and holy baptism. As the church welcomes the world, there's bound to be sufferings. But those sufferings take on a new significance. Those sufferings, in fact, reveal that there is a present life that's about to come forth, that's about to be born in holy baptism. It is hard to birth Christians. The thing is, though, once that new life is born in holy baptism, all of our sorrow turns to joy, and our new life with this newborn is joyfully lived together. As a new mother joyfully looks at, it, at, at her newborn and imagines the life they'll have together, so does the church gaze upon all who are baptized, imagining what sort of life we'll live together with our Lord Jesus Christ. And as the newborn returns that joyful gaze back to his mother, may all who are baptized find joy in their life of the church. Because the church is always overjoyed at a baptism. The church, like all mothers, then cares for her newborn by feeding it the word and sacrament of Christ, by correcting it, with the truth of God, 
and by embracing it with the love of God. And for anyone who thinks they've lost that joy, I encourage them to look again into the face of Christ so that his life may invigorate them so that they would come again to experience the joy that can never be taken away. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.